Thank you for being with me and welcome back. My name is Katherine Daniels and I love to empower people with spiritual healing and wellness. And the best thing about Retreat to Peace is the gift of inner peace, greater love and joy. During these times of changes and uncertainty in the world, nothing is permanent except our souls. And that's why we need to come together as we travel through one another's countries, creating a bridge, removing all the labels as we come together as one people, finding our home in one world. And that is why our signature talk today is so important. And today I'm super excited because I have a very special guest speaker, Dr. Robin Aston. Hi, Robin. How are you? Hi. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, we're so happy to have you. And you have such an incredible platform that you use day to day. I'm actually going to allow you to introduce yourself and give my audience a little bit of an idea of what it is that you do. And then we'll just dive into our conversation because I know there's so much we need to talk about with you. <laughs> so sure. I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. Uh, again, I'm Robin Aston. Um, I am a doctor of psychology. Um, I have a very strong spiritual part to me. I don't think you can work with people or people can't grow and get better without some concept of a higher power and whatever they call it. It's just something that is greater than just them. I grew up and my father was in the army and I moved 15 times in 18 years I uh, lived in China, Taiwan, free China, uh, twice, graduated high school there, and we also lived in Greece when I was uh, 12 to 14. Um, I had a, the wonderful opportunity of seeing how people are not all like Americans. Um, if, you, if you never travel, if you never get out of, of the country that you live in, you assume that other countries think and feel the way that you do if you have lived overseas you know that that's not the case but there is a unifying thing with all humans i think and that is um our greater self the part of us that is connected to something so much greater than just everyday events and experiences it's that part inside of us that um really knows right from wrong really knows what's going on that operates above the battlefield whatever the battlefield is that can take the higher view of what's going on and i think that in this day and age i think people are hungry to talk about that and learn about that and understand that because there's so much teenage naughtiness going on in the world right now with the swearing that people do and the things that are popular and the you know the fast everything i think people are hungry for that feeling of coming home to a place of peace oh i couldn't agree more and that was just like so profoundly beautiful i could feel <laughs> every part of what you were saying <laughs> so so amazing yeah, the, uh, the, so the, I'm still in private practice. I, I still see patients. I'm about to go national. Um, I have had patients, clients all around the world. I do my work by phone. Um, I've got 40 years of psychology, 
but I'm open to all sorts of other things. And so, and, and whenever there's an opportunity, when a person indicates that they have a faith of any kind, we incorporate that into the work that we do. So I work with all kinds of issues. I work with adults, teenagers, kids, um, whatever. I think I'm very adaptable because I had to adapt growing up and moving so many times. So I can work with, I've worked with internationally known people and I've worked with people who are on welfare. Doesn't make any difference. We're all humans. We're all trying to get the same needs met. Absolutely. I love the word adaptable because I think adaptability is the thing, the key thing that people have to work with right now. And I heard recently that if you think about your life and you think about the lightning speed that time or space feels like it's traveling, it actually, um, a recent study has shown that it actually is traveling so fast in this age of technology with AI and the progress of everything that it's, it's literally, it's, it's traveling so fast that every 24 hours information is updating. Now Mm -hmm. that wasn't the case before, you Mm -hmm. know, so we were in a situation where it would take years before we would experience change or have the opportunity to adapt to some of the changes and conform to them. But in this place and time, it's happening so fast. And I think that's one of the things that people are really having a hard time with, and they just don't know what to do with that lightning speed. So do you have any advice or any ideas of how people can, you know, get into a space of being okay with how fast the changes are? Well, I think one thing that's important is to realize that the only thing we have is this moment. If you sit in this moment, you can recognize all there is. You can eliminate pain to a large extent. You can speak with whatever higher source you have. It all, you live in eternity right in this moment. Now, we get caught up in everything else that's going on and the speed. Um, I live in Maine, and I like that because the speed is fairly slow in Maine. But whenever I go to Washington, D.C. or Boston or New York, everything is so fast that it, it makes me feel hyper or jangly or whatever. I think there's a lot of overwhelm right now because things are, are happening so fast. And I've noticed in the last 15 years, there's so much information. There's so much stimulation that, that everybody's dealing with anxiety. Everybody is feeling overwhelmed and burned out. If we stay in the moment, we can take a deep breath. We can be in control in this moment. Whereas if you lift your head up and you think of what's going on past you, it can, it can just make you feel lost and scared. So yeah, this moment is, is important. It's so true. And that's one thing I think that really helped me as a little girl is just being in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was romping through the woods and looking at the birds and appreciating 
the sounds that the birds were making. I mean, it's God's music and just really mm-hmm. appreciating that and understanding that that moment right there was so precious. And like you said, you have this, you have this innate ability to be in a state of happiness and in this, you know, like heaven kind of state because That's right. you have That's put right. yourself there and right. anybody and everybody has the ability to tap into it. It's just knowing that you have that ability. That's I think right. a lot of people don't understand that they have that ability to do it. Yes, I agree with you. They're not aware and we don't talk about it. So, so in your to-do list, you don't have a to-do, which is sit still. You know, you have a to-do, which is do more and do more and do more and do more. There's, um, I think, everybody needs to hear. There, there are times when I sit and do nothing intentionally. It's hard because we're always supposed to be doing something, doing something, doing something. But I think the only fight against the enormity and the speed of what's going on is to get quiet and turn within. And you mentioned something that I agree. I think heaven is here and you can be in it if you sit still and be in the moment. Cause you know, really you can handle anything in the moment. It's looking at, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen in the future. Oh, Oh my gosh, look what, what happened in the past that gets you in trouble. In the moment, you have strength and you can handle anything. It's so true. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's the one thing, like people ask me, you know, how did you get through this or how did you get through that? And I always, I always go back to, I didn't push myself to go into a future state because to your point, you can go get yourself into a state of anxiety. Because Mm -hmm. you don't know what's coming. You don't, you can't predict the future. There's just no way to do that. So you can take steps right now to reduce some of the pain you're feeling just by being in gratitude and living in a space of gratitude and knowing the abundance that you have. And I know somewhere in the world right now, there's a person who is asking the question, how do I stay in gratitude when my life is so hard because I have this going on or that's going on? Maybe you're in a war-torn country or maybe you're experiencing hardships, but there's something happening right now that you're asking this question, how do I have gratitude? And the state of gratitude is, again, something that comes from within just by seeking and having the ability to oversee, right? With a higher state and looking through the lens of knowing what you have appreciation for. So maybe it's a loved one, just being able to hold their hand. That could give you gratitude. There's so many different ways to find gratitude. Um, With your patients that you've worked with, I mean, is that piece of it something that you see missing for a lot of them when they come to you? I think they don't know how to do it. Okay. I, I think it, I think there's an off a lot of what I do is I teach people. I, I teach people. Uh, first off, I talk about what normal is because people don't know. And and I, I will say to people, we're not going to try and get you to be a superhuman. 
We're going to get you to be normal so that you have normal experiences and normal feelings in situations like when someone, I, I worked with a fella who, who had um, split up from his wife and, and um, I first saw him when he was three months after the split up and he was trying so hard to get over the grief. I said, you don't get over grief that fast. That this is what you can do while you're grieving, but you're going to grieve. So, so a lot of what I do is I talk to people about what is normal to expect in certain situations. Always keeping an eye to um, the the wonderful things that occur in every life lifetime, in everyone's life. Um, and you talk about gratitude. I adopted my son when he was eight days old. He is absolutely my child. Um, and if I have a question about gratitude, all I have to do is think about my son, who whenever he walks in the room, the room lights up for me. When I got my son, I honestly did not believe anybody would give me their newborn baby. I, I, I didn't believe I was 40 years old, didn't believe they would, but I prayed. And even though I doubted, Lo and behold, he's 32 now. I had, I got an eight day old child. So um, with, with there's gratitude and, and for me, there's recognizing those times in my life where there has been divine intervention, where, where my higher power, uh, who I choose to call God has, has given me what it is that I so hoped for and wanted. Um, I can feel gratitude whenever I think about those times. I love that. And I think that's so true. And a lot of times when we go through situations in our life, we could take that, that day in our timeline that is just so raw to the core and has deeply affected us in such a profound way that it changes our life. And in that moment, we're sitting in that space and we just, we're, we're screaming out, asking, why me? Why do I have to experience this? Mm-hmm. But what we don't recognize is that that is changing us in a different kind of way that maybe we wouldn't have been changed had that not happened. Okay. And that shows up in so many different ways. And as you go through that grieving process and you look back, often you find that that event actually was a gift for you. It was oh, yeah. gifted to you to experience because it was going to make you stronger. It was going to motivate you to do something different that maybe you wouldn't have had the strength for. And I feel like some of what we're experiencing right now, we are given this opportunity of a gift because it's opening doors for unique things that maybe weren't there before right? And for some people, because they have lost the sense of control, have lost the ability to go in to themselves and understand that they have some level of control, even in this moment. So when you talk about being present, I think that is a space that they have a sense of control, right? Right. And I I think you would agree with that. But the part that I want to get to is when people start to revert to behaviors that are not healthy to take control, mm-hmm. can you talk to that piece? 
One of the basic human needs is the perception of control. The reality is we have control over some things, but there's an awful lot we don't have control over. You know that. But we need to feel that we have some sense of control. What came to mind to me was I recently worked with a gal who was going on vacation with her husband and son. She couldn't get out of it because her son was really excited. She was terrified to get on the plane. We worked together and and the anxiety was completely gone. But the, the whole thing, anxiety about planes is you have no control over the plane so we need that perception that we have we have control um and again going back to just to keep it simple going back to one thing that helps is if you're in the moment you have a feeling of control if you look at the big picture you don't necessarily have a feeling of control So true. And then if you go backwards, then you're just living in the past. and Oh, and you have no control over that. Then you have no control. <laughs> right. That's already, that's already been lived. It's done. There's nothing you can do about it. So. <laughs> in my experience, every single thing that's happened has been a gift. I've learned from it. I've, I've evolved because of it. Um, and if you look at the idea that everything that does happen is a learning experience, then it's not quite as awful. It may have been awful at the time, but look at what you gained, as, as you said. Right, right. And I, and I even think about, you know, some of the people that have experienced the most greatest hardships. Those are the people that really people can connect with because they're the ones that they can relate to. You know, the pain of that or the experience of the pain, they can relate to that kind of pain. And then they're looking to these people. How did you get through that? What did you do? What can I do that I can model from what you did to get me out of the space of pain? And I don't feel so alone because here you are. You're another person. I respect you. I'm getting to know you. You went through these same emotions. If you can do it then I'm not weird that I'm doing it. So right. I agree with you. Every, I've goofed up so many times that I don't judge people. Who am I to judge? I, I have goofed up so many times. But all the experiences that I've had have allowed me to identify with, their, with most of the things that people come in with. There are a few things I can't identify with. And and in those cases, I say to people, you're going to have to tell me what it was like. Because, for example, my son went to Iraq and Afghanistan. I can't identify. I can't imagine what he went through. But for the most part, if somebody talks about depression, dark black depression or anxiety, I've been there. And I think looking at it as God gave me those experiences to, as you say, for people to identify with me and me identify with them. Right. So it's a gift. It is a gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I often think that those gifts people overlook because they feel shame around them. Mm -hmm. They, Mm -hmm. They don't feel like they're worthy or they don't feel like, you know, they feel like they're being judged. And I think that's one thing that this platform, I've tried really hard to really put out to the world 
remove those labels, remove the judgment, even take the judgment away from yourself. Because uh-huh. I think we're our worst enemy a lot of times because oh, yeah. we put so much pressure on ourselves because we know ourselves so intimately more than anybody could ever know us. And of course, God knows our heart and who we are, but we get inside our head and then we start, you know, going through these storylines and these storylines start creating other states for us as far as how we feel with our emotions and then what we translate our emotions into and how we're processing those emotions. So I know there's people that I've interviewed on the show um, that have talked about, you know, the way they process their grief. And some people, they do use food or they do use drugs mm-hmm. or they're, you, you know, they're drinking or they're doing things that aren't healthy. And more recently, now, people do that because using gives them a false sense they have control. It actually contributes to being even more out of control. But in the moment, it feels like they have control. That's why people do that. Yes. And I know more recently, there's been a study that during the last couple of years since COVID has come about, Americans have become more obese and overweight Mm. than ever before. And it's because people have been shut in. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about it, the entire landscape has changed and people are working from their homes now Mm -hmm. they're doing more sitting and all of a sudden if you think about it the last couple of years it became in vogue really not how I want to say it but to watch you know binge watching television Mm -hmm. and the whole aspect of parenting I think has changed too because you have parents that are working from home they have children that are running around the house or whatever. And mm-hmm. some of those parents don't have the support system. So they're not sure what to do. And how many times have we seen little children with devices in their hands mm-hmm. because it's a way to occupy the child? Mm-hmm. And I think, and I do think that, that that is something that's going to come back and affect us, you know, in a bigger way because of that, because of the way it's wiring the brain. Um, but you know, thought- I, I will tell you, looking at the landscape, there are more people, it, it seems like, who are oriented towards trying to understand their spirituality and what is really taking place on a, on a spiritual level, even though the world is doing what it is. What is the bigger answer? Why is this going on? From a spiritual perspective, there are more people doing that than I have ever experienced in my life. And I've been around a long time. So there's, it's like, I believe that man is still evolving. Now we're not growing an extra arm or a leg. The way we're evolving is as far as intelligence and empathy. And people are moving in that direction, feeling like there's something wrong with them because they think that way. But there is a movement towards understanding compassion, understanding um, uh, the, what's the expression, the, the, the understanding of the greater picture 
is what people are really looking towards now in spite of what's going on or because of what's going on. So that's very hopeful. Yeah. And do you find that people are afraid of that? No, I think that people, because we have access to the internet and and things like Facebook and, and that sort of thing, people are finding like spirits. Like, like you're getting all these people who want to be on this kind of radio show. And um, Marianne Williamson is, is very popular now. And, and the whole movement towards deep breathing and yoga and all of that is very, very big right now. People are coming together because of the hunger for that. Yeah, and I do see that, and I do see this more open-mindedness to that, but also the mental health issues that before people would just, you know, that was taboo. We don't talk about people that have mental health issues. We Mm -hmm. don't talk about people with addiction or, you know, these different kinds of things, whereas now it seems like it's okay to have those conversations. They're not easy conversations, but it's okay to have them. And it's okay to go into these dark areas of people's lives that normally people wouldn't want to explore, right? right. So I feel like there's more acceptability around that. Let me tell you about a very interesting experiment that was done some time ago. The experimenters, the researchers took rats and put them in a cage or a a room or whatever they had a bottle on the wall that dispensed water and another one that dispensed alcohol and in this empty room that the rats were in they turned to alcohol and drank themselves to death they then took a group of rats and they put them in rat heaven and that is they they created a room that had fun things to do and interesting things and rat friends and and plenty of food and all of that the rats turned to the water and did not drink the alcohol so the the what that gives us is there is a universal loneliness everybody has a feeling of loneliness when it was taken care of with the rats they didn't drink alcohol So what does that say about people who are addicted to alcohol or drugs or whatever? They're lonely. Right, right. And then when you have this environment that we're in where people aren't going to their office anymore for working, you know, where they're having this adult exposure, um, even the kids, I mean, the kids were for a period of time staying at home because they weren't allowed to go to the schools. And I I think during that period of time that deeply affected those children. I think that was very defining for them in that moment. So it's interesting that you bring for the most part. Yes. Yep. So, so how, how do we bridge the gap? For people that are in that current situation right now, listening to the show, what's something that could help them? I think it's important to get with others who understand where you're coming from and, and look beyond the symptom, which is the alcohol or the overeating or the drugs. 
that's a symptom of something deeper. And the thing that is deeper, I think, is two things. One is loneliness. I think that the thing that is the biggest power of things like Alcoholics Anonymous, groups like that, their greatest power is their fellowship, their connectedness with each other. That's one. The other thing is I grew up in a version of society that had to do with honor and integrity. I grew up with all World War II veterans. I never heard anyone swear. They were decent, honorable men. I think people are hungry for a sense of integrity and honor, honorable behavior. We don't talk about it much anymore, but I think people are hungry for that. I don't disagree with that. I think that is very true. I think the standards have dropped mm. quite a bit as far as respecting one another, right. um, how you treat one another. And I think just having that standard dropped, it does make people a little bit more afraid because it, because it puts us in a new arena, you That's know, right. with, with everyone that life isn't as valued and that's a scary place. And I think that's, that's right. part, part of what we're experiencing too, is that there's, there's been a shift yep. as far as that level of respect. Now my, my audience knows that when I was growing up with my grandparents, my, my grandfather was a world war II vet mm -hmm. and there was a lot of respect in the household. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of respect for your elders, there was a lot of respect for the land, the food that we put into our bodies. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of respect for our physical being and treating it as quote unquote, a temple, because mm -hmm. this is the vessel we're traveling in. This is God given to us. It, you know, it, it is our armor or shield for our souls. So there was a lot of respect put into that as far as taking care of ourselves and not abusing ourselves and mm -hmm. being mindful of what you're putting in, not just to your body as far as your intake, but what you're putting into your mind. Mm -hmm. what, what are you feeding your mind? What, like, what is that? Are you listening to things that are of a higher state and level to right. elevate you or is it a lower state? And I think that's another area where people need more discernment around what it is that they're choosing to listen to or yep. choosing to feed themselves. A lot of people don't even know they have a choice. And I think what happened was that we got over the wars and we began to get into the, what can I get away with mentality? And I think there, I think, a lot of what's going on is very sophomoric. It's very teenage getting away with things right now, um, which is fun, but it doesn't sustain you over the long, longhorn haul because one of the things we will do is grow up at some point. And the getting away with things is trying to run away from the responsibility of growing up. Growing up can be a wonderful place, but there are a lot of people afraid of it. But I think it's a mandate for everyone. You will grow up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're supposed to grow up. Right, right. Yep. 
And I, and I think that's one thing that 2020 kind of put a light on. It's like a lot of people were just running away from things. They were running away because they didn't want to deal with something that was going on. Yeah. Didn't know how to deal with it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So as far as, so as far as when you're working with people in dealing with things, I mean, what is something that can help the audience to maybe pull back some of those layers to be in a safe space with themselves to be able to recognize their pattern or, you know, to help them get through some of the things that maybe have kept them back from being in full you know, awareness of being okay and safe with themselves. So I think that's one of the things that people do have choice over as far as recognizing innately that they do have these tools and they could tap into them and use them to help protect themselves and keep themselves safe. But I think a lot of people just don't know how, like you said. No, I don't think they even know it, that they have that, let alone know how to use it. So it's important to get the word out that we all have a little kid inside. We all have a little version of ourselves inside that may or may not have been treated well. And part of the mission as we grow up is to recognize that little kid inside and do for that little kid what we may never have had done to us in real life. We have a chance to rework our circumstances and our feelings about ourselves if that adult part of us can be kind and compassionate with that little kid we all still have and will have for the rest of our lives. So that's that's the takeaway. Yeah, that compassion piece of it is huge. I never got better until I started to look at myself with compassion. Yeah, that's huge. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, I feel like, you know, throughout my journey, and I can tell you, I, um, when I was dealing with being sexually abused, you know, going through the healing process of that, I was with a group of women, and we started out with 16 women that were in this group. By the time we finished, we only had six women. Mm-hmm. Because most of the women, it was just too hard. It was just yeah. too hard. And yep. half, of, half of them were just so angry mm-hmm. that they couldn't find compassion for their little girl. Yeah, They were just so consumed with anger. So yeah. I agree with you. I feel like that compassion piece is profoundly important yeah. for anyone And just looking through the lens of, like you said, just treating that smaller version of yourself with love and light and everything that you didn't get and giving that back. Because by doing that, you're giving that love back to yourself and you're raising yourself, you know, as far as your soul to be healing in the process. And you're correcting what happened by being kind to yourself now. Right, right. So a lot of people during this period of time, um, they are going through a lot of, a lot of change at lightning speed. And a lot of this is a soul journey where 
some of these souls are elevating and they're questioning that part of themselves too. Like, I don't really know what I'm experiencing, right? Mm -hmm. And I think part of this, this is a conversation to be had because I've had people say to me, you know, I'm having trouble sleeping and I'm starting to have dreams about things that I didn't dream about before, or I'm, you know, remembering things or these different aspects of what's happening to them. And I think as people are doing this healing process and they're turning inward and loving their soul self, this like higher level of soul elevation occurs where there is this shift that happens. And sometimes this shift can create, you know, dreams that can, you, you mm-hmm. can have dreams of um, elevating through a house, for example, you could have it, it manifests in different ways. Flying, and, dreams of flying. That's yep. another one. Yep. Yep. But I think people think they're crazy. Like they right. actually think they're crazy because they start to experience this soul ascension and they're like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> yep. So yep. what it, I mean, do you have any feedback, advice? I don't know, anything you can help the audience with so they don't feel like they're crazy? <laughs> sure. Well, the, if you look at, at the fact that you're in a stage and you're evolving and what's normal for that? Well, it's normal to question yourself. It's normal to be a little afraid of the experience, but you're still going to go through it. One of the nicer things, one of the nice things about getting older is you go through these experiences and you develop more of a sense of a higher power and a spiritual world. That happens whether you like it or not because you're getting older. And, you know, we worry about control i think the fear of death is the fear of not having control that's the ultimate not having control we fear illness because we don't have control over it but i've worked with a number of people where i said to them do you know how to let go that one of them was a tremendously religious man he he goes to church every sunday um, his, it's a foundation of his life. I said to him, when you pray, do you let go? He said, I don't have a clue how to do that. Well, my job with him was to teach him how to let go. Because what we're really talking about is there is a kind, benevolent spirit that surrounds us and dictates our lives. And ultimately, we had better learn how to let go to that spirit because ultimately in this life, we have to let go. So the process I see of evolving is evolving to understanding there's something greater than we are. There is a message and a mission and it's okay to let go and trust. I couldn't agree more. And my, one of my favorite things to tell people is just to surrender, like mm-hmm. to surrender. It's amazing and remarkable how many times people get in situations and they, they're questioning, they're questioning, 
And more recently here in the U.S., we had a young football player that was hit just right, that he collapsed to the ground, his heart stopped, and he was rushed off to the hospital. And all of a sudden, in a moment, everyone around the country is praying for this young man. Like Mm -hmm. literally, everybody's brought to their knees and they're praying for this young man's life. And whenever there's circumstances where we're brought to our knees, that's the first thing we do. We surrender. We literally drop to our knees. We raise our hands. We put them out and we surrender and we ask God for help because it's outside of our control. It's bigger than us. And, and when I, when I do my prayers, a lot of times my prayers aren't normally what people would think they would be. I actually am asking for, I'm asking for God's will. So mm-hmm. whatever God's willing, that's what I'm asking for. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's not showing up the way that we would want it to show up, but there's okay. a higher, higher purpose for it. And how many times have we been in a situation where we're running late and had we gotten to our car and been on time, we would have been that car in an automobile accident. Right. That's right. And then you sit back and you say, well, if I had been on time, I would have been in that automobile accident. So Mm -hmm. like there's, there's always this, this occurrence that's happening in front of us. And, you know, like God always knows what's ahead. And it's amazing to me. I could write an entire book (laughs) on all of the miracles that happened throughout my life and day to day Mm -hmm. and week to week, because yes, if you, if you really have your eyes wide open, you see them, you see it happening and you see it unfolding every single day, all the time. That's right. Yes. So I think it's, I think it's really important that whole, and that's why I say surrender is one of my favorite words, because Mm -hmm. you surrender, you have your hands wide open. It's when you're on your knees and you have your hands wide open, you're, you're receiving. If you're, if you've got your hands closed, you can't, you can't get anything in your hands. So it's like you're receiving, you're literally receiving. So it's just amazing, amazing what unfolds when we put ourselves in that place of surrendering. And I agree with you. I think, you know, these people that are afraid to die haven't fully surrendered. That's right. And they haven't really built or entrusted that process to develop that relationship with their higher power, Mm -hmm. you know, and for each person that looks different, but it doesn't mean that you per se have to go to a building to have that relationship, but mm-hmm. you do have to have a relationship because it is bigger than us. Like I want to just- tell you, there was a, there was a, a documentary at one point years and years ago and, and the commentator, each, each episode was on a different religion and he really got into each of the religions, seven of them, seven major religions in the world. And I saw an interview with him afterwards, and the interviewer said to him, after studying these religions so intensely, do you believe there is a God? And the fellow who had done the series stopped for a moment, 
And his response was, I don't believe, I know. Mm -hmm. That was so powerful to me. Mm -hmm. I know. And I know there is something greater than we are. And I know we're all here for a reason. And everything's going to be okay, ultimately. Yes, yes. And I, and I can tell you and anybody that knows me knows that I mean this with every single cell in my body. So when I was in childbirth with my son, I actually crossed over and came back. And everything you hear about that crossing over experience is pretty much true. Like it's just. It's a state of amazing love that is just indescribable. It's nothing that you can put words on. It's, it's nothing that I could even put in relation to how you would feel here on earth because it's way, way bigger than I could even express. But without any doubt, without any doubt, I know there is nothing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Because what I experienced when I crossed over was just so profoundly beautiful. It was just, there was no question to me that there's no reason for me to be afraid. Mm-hmm. I believe There's that. absolutely no reason for me to be afraid because it is just so beautiful. But I also say that with... I also say that with the understanding that here in this moment, as I go through my life journey, it is profound that I am using discernment to be at my highest level self to help all of mankind and everybody that I come across with, you know, as far as helping them and being in love and light and being, you know, showing up in my best self, right? Because we have to elevate each other. We have to build each other up. We have to love each other. And this tearing down that we're experiencing, that's not going to elevate us. So it's the more that we can raise that level of compassion and empathy for one another and remove the labels of judgment. And the more we can build each other up globally, it raises that higher vibrational energy and love and light. It always covers the darkness. Light always just, covers the darkness. Doing this right now put puts us into that loving energy. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. We're two or more gathered. That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Right. And and <laughs> I like to sometimes instead of using the word love, which is a vague kind of thing, I use the word connectedness. Mm. What matters is connectedness with each other. Mm-hmm. So if I'm angry at somebody, I'm not connected to them. If I approach them with understanding and compassion, then I'm connected to them. You and I have connected to each other, and hopefully we've connected to people in your audience around the world. Absolutely. I have a loving audience. They're beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I think that as we continue to experience whatever's ahead for us, you know, just being connected, as you say, is really what people need more than ever. And just really understanding that that is going to help us get through these times. 
is just finding the cohesiveness to build connectedness to one another, whether that is in your community, with your family, your friends, you know, people that you can relate to that are experiencing different things that you may be experiencing. I mean, there's just so many different ways, but um, I love that connectedness piece. I think that's great. Uh So so I wanted to ask you, um, is there anything that comes to your mind that may be helpful that maybe we haven't discussed yet that may be helpful for our audience just going through these times right now? It's like there are two worlds. There's the world of the frivolous and the um, gross and the in-your-face and the um, getting anything that people can get off each other and, and the manipulation and maneuvering. There's another world at the same time, and that's the world of loving your cat and um, appreciating the snow and caring about people in other countries all around the world, caring about our humanity. You can either pay a lot of attention focusing on the the wars and the the shootings and the horrible interactions of human beings with each other, or you can pay attention to the beauty and the wonder of this life and this world. I think the more we pay attention to the beauty in this world, the more our worlds individually are wonderful places to be. I don't watch news. When my son went to Iraq, I stopped watching the news. I still don't watch the news. I don't want to give any more time to that awfulness than it deserves. I spend my time caring about people and seeing the heroes in everyday life that I encounter. And my world is good. Yeah. I'm I'm in the same space with you. (laughs) Yeah, that's how you do it. Yes. <laughs> Don't give as little attention as possible to the awfulness right. and pay as much attention. And the more attention you pay to the beauty and the wonder, the more of it there is. That's right. That's how we change the world. That's right. Very well said. Very well said. Well, I do have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. If I were to pick up your earth angel feather off the ground, What message would you have for the world? She lived with honor. And with respect. I love that. I love that. And it it just, you know, in my mind, I can just see like this powerful, this powerful woman. (laughs) You Uh know? Just very honorable woman. I think that's amazing. I, I don't always feel that way. But <laughs> it's nice to come across that way. Life can make you humble too. It sure can. Yes, it definitely mm-hmm. can. Well, I am so, so appreciative of you being with us today. I'm and honored. Yeah, going through this process with me for this audience. And I know everybody's going to love your your whole you know, platform and what you're doing to help people as well and what you've given to them. So really, I'm, I'm so filled with gratitude. So thank you so much, Robin. Appreciate it. My and, pleasure. Uh, and of course, um, 
For my audience, as you know, this is Catherine Daniels with Retreat to Peace, asking you to live your most beautiful life with authenticity and abundance and live in peace. And we'll see you next time. Wasn't that an incredible interview with Dr. Robin Aston? She's an incredible human, and everything she says is so profound and powerful, and I just loved having the opportunity to share space with her and really get some insight around her thoughts and ways we can navigate forward. I hope 2023 is coming to a incredible space for you where you're building the life that you want. You're using those vision boards that you created and you're looking at them daily and manifesting what it is that you would like to have for your life. As we move forward in the coming weeks, I have some great interviews, especially the one next week with Sabrina Wages. She is 26 years old and she has had stage four cancer during the pandemic, and she shares with us this incredible story of her perseverance and what she did to overcome cancer and where she is now. It truly is an amazing interview, and you're not going to want to miss this one because it just lights the fire under you to really want to make changes in your life and do things and do them strong and just propel forward. So if you're sitting on the fence and you're not moving forward, think about what you can do right now to make a small change and go forward in your authenticity, being true to yourself and what it is that you want for your life. So as we get moving forward in the weeks ahead, we're going to continue on this path about 2023, making it about you and inventing your life the way that you'd like it to be. So next week, please join us with Sabrina Wages. You're not going to want to miss this one. And as always, live your authentic life with peace and abundance. And we will see you next time. Have a beautiful week.